I just want to bless God this morning for such an opportunity and privilege to bring God's word to us this morning. I want to thank Pastor in absentia. He's got an assignment elsewhere this morning. And I want to thank the leadership of the church and everyone seated here for the privilege this morning opportunity to communicate to you in the few minutes we have this morning what the Lord is saying in the now. Praise the Lord. And I want to welcome everyone to church in the name of the Lord. And I want to welcome everyone that is worshiping with us online today, wherever you might be across the globe. There's some grace and the presence of God here. As you've witnessed this morning, even, our, in, even in our worship, that same grace and God's presence, His manifest power will touch you where you are in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've been looking at a series all through um, this month, and it's going to go into next month as well. Um, this is one of the installments. We've looked at quite a number of things in our series, Unction to Function. And just last Sunday, Pastor looked at unction for teamwork. Unction for teamwork. And the one preceding that was unction for leadership. So there has been a lot. You can go to our YouTube channel, Live Get Outreach TV, and you will find the series on this particular. Um, you will find different teams on this particular series that we are looking at. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we're going to have a look today at unction for promptness. Unction for promptness. Unction for promptness. Unction for promptness. We're going to see what the Lord has in stock this morning for us. Our opening scripture, Job 32 and verse 7 to 9. Can we open it, please? Job 32, 7 to 9. Our opening, we've been running with this scripture and another scripture in John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, but we are going to start with Job 32, 7 to 9 this morning. Can we read together? One to go. I said, Age should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. Verse 8. But there is a spirit in man, and the bread of the Almighty gives him understanding. Verse 9, please. Great men are not always wise, nor do these, the aged, always understand justice. Hallelujah. Can we go back to verse 8? Verse 8 says, but there is a spirit. Can we go back to verse 8, please? But there is a spirit in man, and the bread of the Almighty gives him understanding. Hallelujah. There is a spirit in man, the Bible says. But it takes the inspiration or the bread. Old King James says, the inspiration of the Almighty. But New King James said, And the bread of the Almighty 
is what gives him understanding. There is a spirit in man. He said, I said, age speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. Age should have had a place that is superior to any other thing. Multitude of years spent according to men's wisdom, experiences of men should have had an upper hand in advising when there's when there's calamity when there is circumstances when there are challenges when there are factors that are beyond human uh this uh is saying here that age should have been a, an advantage modest of years should have communicated something but i said unfortunately there are some situations that are beyond humanity particularly when those situations are, are motivated or are sponsored from the realm of the spirit so when it's sponsored by the realm of the spirit the only thing that can counter it is solution from the realm of the spirit it can't come from human head because what is happening to job here that Eli is about to address is sponsored it was a, a discussion a transaction that happened in the spirit that job was not even aware And then it says that there is a spirit in man. Though there is a spirit in man that should have deciphered things through the multitude of years spent or through the familiarity of things. He said, but if that spirit, that understanding of man is not supported by a superior understanding, that is outside the jurisdiction of the capacities and capabilities of man. He said, then that man will suffer so much, though he's been long on earth. And I said that it is the breath or the understanding of the or the inspiration of the Almighty that can help that man's experience, that man's multitude of years on earth. It is the breath of the Almighty, the inspiration of the Almighty that can support that man. Though he's been long in that career, though he's been long in that business. But there's something that would come up that if he's not inspired, he will not be able to conquer. Because the Bible says, blessed be God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Blessed be God, who always, so is God that always so the, the, the triumph is from the realm of the spirit. It's not from human wisdom. Who always? God. Who always? So if we must triumph in Christ, there must be a spiritual sponsorship that provides an advantage for us to advance, for us to triumph or to be victorious in anything about life. Life is spiritual. And I keep saying that the spiritual realm is the advantage of every believer. That is why when we are believers, then we must be stable, consolidated and established as believers. If we wobble or we are in and out, the devil would always have an upper hand. Jesus himself recognized the power of devil. 
on this earth. He said, I give unto you what? Power. Against what? Principalities and against what? So it's a recognition that, hey, the world is not what you think. He recognized the ability of devil, of the dark realm in this age. Jesus, the maker and the creator of the whole world. He said, I give unto you an ability. In other words, you have to be established, firmly rooted in that ability for you to withstand and stand against the wiles of the devil. We wrestle, the Bible says, not against flesh and against blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual weakness in higher places. So there are categories in, in even that the dark realm that war against believers. So Jesus said, I give you power against principalities. If I said to trample upon serpents and scorpions. And Jesus said, if you walk by the inspiration of the Almighty, by the unction of God's Spirit, he said, they shall by no means hurt you. Meaning, if you defect, if you defect and you are not firmly rooted and established in the power and the ability of the spirit, you'll be hurt. Because if Jesus said, and they shall not hurt you, it means they have ability to hurt. But they cannot hurt a certain category of people. Hallelujah. So that's why John said, can we bring First John chapter 2 and verse 20. He said, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing. This is what the devil fights to corrupt, the anointing. Because if the devil corrupts that anointing, he would hurt you. That's, that's his fighting. That's his warfare. That's why he brings sin to the door. That's why he brings you know, thoughts to the mind. To contaminate and to pollute the anointing. Because the injunction is always not to go against the anointed. The anointed. The Bible says, he said, touch not. Touch not who? Touch not who? My anointed. And do my prophets. The ones that are anointed, no harm. So the Bible says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. Can we go to... Um, Second King, where we read this morning, we actually mean to read out up to chapter 7, 1 to um, 16 there. But um, we're just going to go to where, um, where Abrahami powerfully um, led us in that Bible reading, as our custom is, in Second Kings chapter 6. You know, just to print a picture for you to understand what led to the promptness of the man of God to the word of God. What led to the promptness? We're dealing with unction for promptness this morning. I just want us to pay um, very keen attention, if you, if you can, please, so that we can get something out of God's word today before we leave. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible says in that um, chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, 24 down to 33, it was just a picture of a famine. It was a picture of a famine that had come to beseech Israel. And you see, it was as a result of persistent sinfulness of Israel that God raised Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria. And he did that to be able to drive 
Israel back to himself. He raised Ben-Hadad as an adversary so that he can drive Israel back to himself. And the Bible says that the famine was so tough. It was so tough that Israel resorted to cannibalism. If you just imagine that, that the Bible says that a woman with tender care cannot forsake the child she bore. And we have women in this house. You know the attachment you have with your child. You know the trauma you pass through during pregnancy. You know what it is like to push out a baby in the hospital, in the, in the labor room. You know what it is to you know, have sleepless nights to raise this child, to breastfeed this child at night. But the famine got to a certain point that the woman had a discussion with another woman. He said, let us kill my child today, then we eat him. And then it's not figurative speech. It happened in Israel. And then they did that. And then the next day, they ate actually the child of one of the women. To tell you how the seriousness of the famine, the seriousness of hunger, and what sin can do to a people. Because the Bible says righteousness will always exalt any nation, any individual, any home, any family. But sin is what? A reproach. And then the Bible says, and then the other woman refused to bring her own child the next day. And then they got to the king. Maybe the king was still riding in some little affluence because, of course, until he gets to the king, he wouldn't really know the, the, the pain and the suffering of the people. And the Bible says, when the king heard this, the king... If we look at verse, can we look at that um, Second King chapter six and verse verse thirty? Verse thirty, please. Verse thirty. The Bible says, "Now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes, and as he passed by on the wall, the people looked, and there underneath he had." sackcloth on his body. That means he was mourning. He didn't know it has degenerated to this point. Then he said, God do so to me and more so if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. <laughs> you know, when I read this, I'm like, why did you suddenly pick up Elisha? You see, because mm, you know, every territory is owned in the realm of the spirit. Every territory is owned in the realm of the spirit. I'll give you an example. In Acts chapter 9, the Bible said that Saul was going to Damascus to persecute the church, right? And then the Bible says he was, he, he left Israel. Of course, he was passing through cities. And of course, there were no spiritual giants in those cities that could stop him. But when he was just at the border of where Ananias was, that territory belonged to Ananias in the realm of the spirit. When he got there, Jesus showed up, stopped him there and said to him, mm -mm, you can't pass through here. And when he blinded him, it was still Ananias that Jesus went to said, there was a man that was trying to invade this territory. We've stopped him. You know, now go and see him in so place. Give him the exact specific address. We're going to look at that later. So territories are owned in the realm of the spirit. Territories are owned. He couldn't just pass that place because there was a man there called Ananias who could see things in the realm of the spirit. Now the Bible says... The Bible says in verse 32, 
That's in um, chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, in verse 32. The Bible says, And Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him, and the king sent a man ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, Do you see how this son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? Now, how did he know? How did he know? You see, that's a realm of the spirit that can pick information. How did he know? He was not there when King made that utterance. He was not there. No one communicated with him. As a matter of fact, he was sitting in his house with the elders. Maybe they were gisting or saying something about Israel. Or maybe they were discussing some social activities or social events. But you see, no matter what you're doing, always be very sensitive in the spirit realm. Information can drop anytime. That can save your life, that can save you know, your family, that can advance you forward. Information can always drop. It's not timed when it can drop. When I read the book of Ezekiel, I think the 8th chapter, the same thing happened. The Bible says Ezekiel was also discussing with the elders in a particular place. And all of a sudden, he, he lifted himself. The Bible said the spirit lifted him and he began to see a different thing. The elders were still gisting. It's very important that we always maintain and sustain the ability to you know, capture and extract information from the realm of the spirit. The Bible says, and he said to them, and Elijah said to them, the king sent a man ahead of, okay, um, do you see, sorry, do you see how this son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. It's not the sound of his master's feet behind him. He even knew. He knew. How did he begin to pick these things? How did he begin to pick this information? Remember, Elijah, the son of Shaphat, was not able to pick this level of spiritual accuracy of information prior to what he contacted from Elijah. Go and read back. You find out that he could not. He was just among other prophets. But when something that hosted Elijah came on him and began to be his host, then it was possible for him to pick information in the realm of the spirit. And if you watch, you see any time Elisha made an utterance, you would always see the two hosts of Elijah would always be seen in some of the display that God would do in that his utterance. Because the Bible talked about the chariots of fire and the hosts of fire that hosted Elijah. If you watch, any time Elisha made utterance from that, you know, chapter 3 of Second King going forward, you always see the manifestation of that two hosts. You see the chariots of fire and the horses of fire. And no matter the level you see yourself in the realm of the spirit, if you can respond to God's word, there would always be an increase. There's always a vacuum in the realm of the spirit. There's always a vacuum in the upper chamber. There's always a vacuum. The Bible says that you can multiply. You can multiply by the knowledge 
of the Lord. He said, peace. And what? Peace and what? Be increased or be multiplied according to the knowledge, through the knowledge rather. Pastor read that scripture in First Peter the other day. He said, peace can increase, grace can increase, anything can increase if we can listen and cling to the word of the Lord. The Bible says in chapter 7, chapter 7 verse 1, the Bible said, then Elisha said, chapter 7 verse 1, 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 1, then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Then Elisha said, 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 1, then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. He said, Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The Bible said in verse 2, So an officer, verse 2, So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, could this thing be? You see, the position of this man is position of a lot of believers. Pastor said here this morning, you know, that an unbelieving believer is like a cancer. Unbelieving believer. You're a believer, but you don't believe. This man noted that God has the ability to make windows in heaven, but he didn't believe it would happen in that instance. He said, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, so he knew. That there's so, some, some, that there's some level of ability and glory that God can make window. But he said, but could this thing be? And then Elijah said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Verse 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? I want you to understand what is happening here. Because there is unction on Elisha, it caught na cross. The leprous men were not there with Elisha. The leprous men had no idea about the discussion. But you see, the word of the Lord has something about proclaiming, speaking in alignment with what is in the mind of the Lord. When you speak it, there are spiritual forces that go to bring together or to bring into manifestation what you've said. For instance, when you pray over someone that is sick, you speak what God is saying. God speaks it. So you are lying to speak what God is saying. Jesus heals that body because by his stripes, were healed. But you see, it's the Holy Spirit that manifests that healing physically and for us to see that the tumor is gone, the cancer is destroyed, you know, the fever is gone, whatever thing it is, is healed. So you can see when you speak a word, there are certain things that happen in the realm of the spirit. The leprous man immediately responded to the word that was hovering in the realm of the spirit. 
They responded to the word that was hovering in the realm of the spirit. I defined, I looked at the meaning of promptness here. According to dictionary definition, it says it's the quality or habit of arriving or being ready on time. Quality or habit of arriving or being ready on time. And in the banner we put up this morning, I said, however, in the context of our focus today, it is the intentionality to respond to God's word, God's voice, God's directives and warnings is sustainable outcomes in the pursuit of divine agenda or pursuit of divine purpose. Intentionality to respond to God's voice God's word. You know, people normally say when you want to hear people or what people are giving testimony or people are, you know, in their homes or driving, they just say, and something said to me. And sometimes they ignore it. It's not something. Particularly if you're a believer, it's the Holy Spirit. It's what? It's who? It's not something. Is that something? Okay. I think the Holy Ghost wants me to share this. Now, when my wife was pregnant for just our baby that got delivered, one of the days, I wasn't praying, but I just heard in my spirit an instruction about that pregnancy. Well, my usual way, I didn't really, you know, take it serious. I just heard an instruction in my spirit. I knew what it was the Holy Ghost because I, everyone should know how God speaks to, you know, you. And then, one of the days, she was at work and something happened and she called me. And she doesn't normally, you know, call. We just text. And then she called. When she called, I'm like, what's the matter? She said, something has happened. And I'm on my way. Now, when she came down home around midnight, well, anyway, once I heard it, the Holy Ghost said, but I told you. The Holy Ghost just said, but I told you. I just said, Lord, have mercy. Because I didn't follow up. I'm just telling you this so that you know that once such instruction comes, you don't just wish it away. You have to act on it. The Bible said when Solomon awoke from his dream, he set up an altar. He did something. Because somehow the young man has understood how God speaks to him. The Holy Ghost said, but I told you. I just said, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. So which way forward? And he says, he said, I've already taken care of it, but don't ignore it the next time. It would have led to miscarriage. It was serious. But the Holy Ghost just said to me, I mean, I was having this conversation, but my wife didn't know what was happening. Even when she came, we called ambulance. And, of course, ambulance delayed in... in, in by the time ambulance even arrived, everything has ceased. By the time she got to the hospital, they, said, they were wondering, said, what really happened to you? She was narrating it. And they're like, what? We can't really see anything. Everything is okay, is okay and all that. 
But the Holy Ghost said to me, I've already taken care of it. But don't ignore it the next time. It's, it's one of those things that I didn't take so serious. But again, I learned. We keep learning. Praise the Lord. He said the message of the Lord is something that is you can't phantom it. When we're doing study with the youths, we found out even when, when Jonah, when, when God responded to Nineveh, Jonah in chapter 4 said to them, said to God, mm-hmm, I know it. I know you were God of so much mercy. I know. I know you do this thing. He got angry because of the mercies. Because Jonah could not, though he was a prophet, he couldn't understand the length, the breadth, the depth, the height of the mercies of God. And from that day, my ears were so attentive. Anything God says to me about that pregnancy, I followed it up straight away. In fact, one of the days I was in church and another information dropped. I just called one of our sisters. I said, I said to her, I now know, I have a strong feeling that this delivery will be at night. I can call you anytime, right? She said, anytime. I said, God bless you. And that's what happened. Because I picked the information here that this delivery will be at night. Just let her know now. Because we have a little one too <laughs> to take care of. Praise the Lord. So I want us to always know when you come to church like this, whether it's part hour or there is, um, you know, a, a, a worship going on or Brafalan is playing this instrument. When he's playing this instrument, I pick a lot of information. The one that I told him, I said, always blow that thing because I get some information when, when there's a spirit in it. Or a word is going on like this. Or prayer is going on. Or we are... Uh, uh, um, uh, Dr. Ephraim was sharing something in Power Tower last Sunday. About steering the word. Steering of the water. And the man at the pool of Bethesda. And I caught something very deep. So always be attentive. I caught something very deep. Promptness. Bible says there's an unction of the Holy One and you know all things. You have the anointing, the unction of the Holy One. You, have, you are anointed. Don't forget. And as a spirit, is only the inspiration of the Almighty that will give that spirit understanding. Praise the Lord. Now the Bible says, oh, time is far gone. The Bible says that now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, verse 4, if we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there and if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, come. Let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall only die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. Verse 6. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots. You see that? The Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us 
the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp entire, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. But Elisha responded promptly to what God wanted him to declare. Like I said to you, you must know. You must know what is carrying you. You must know. The Bible says it's the two things he contacted from Elijah that they heard. The Lord caused the army to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses. Anytime you study, always follow. You see that anytime anything, Elisha proclaimed anything, you always see. You always hear about chariots of fire and horses of fire. He was not there until he met, he contacted that, you know, before Elijah left. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But you see, if you run down to the same chapter, if you run down to verse 12, verse 12 and 13, you will always see that when God has spoken to you, same chapter, chapter 7, verse 12 and 13. Now, when God has spoken to you and you want to act on it, you will always see some sort of discouragement. In verse 12, you see, it's not good to be carnal at all. It's not good. Because you are, you're not able to align your spirit. Yeah, verse 12, thank you. You're not able, just leave the scripture there, please. Thank you. Now, you're not able to align yourself with what God is communicating per time. Anytime you're weak in the spirit, you're not able to catch what is going on. You're not. Look at what the king said. After this guy said, oh, it's not good that um, we have all this spoil and the hunger is killing our people. Let's go and tell them. They went and told the gatekeeper. Now the gatekeeper got to the king. Look at verse 12. So the king arose in the night and said to his servants, let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore, they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. You see, carnality. Carnality is is, is very killing. Canality can destroy an opportunity. Canality. Canality. Bible says spiritual things are not given to be revealed to carnal men. It says neither can they know them. No. There's a barrier. They cannot know spiritual things. And if you cannot know, know spiritual things, you cannot advance so much. You cannot. Because as a spiritual man, you put in a little effort. You, you work hard, but it should produce multiple results because you're working by the instruction of the Spirit. My current employment, I had seen that advert and I left it. But I kept hearing, I know how the Spirit speaks to me. Apply for this. Apply for this. Apply. You know, I just left it. The last day, it came so strong. I know how the Holy Ghost speaks to me. I put in that application. I submitted that application about five minutes to, to end. The last day, I submitted it. And then, the interview came, and then, 
the job came. There was one that came before then and when I wanted to take it in London, Kisting University, and the Lord said to me, no, you won't go for that one. Hold on, but you won't go for it. Tell them to hold on, but you won't go for it. And this one came. And later, I had to now know why the Lord said, don't go for that one. If I had gone, what something happened later. It would have been a disaster. So, it's always good for us to be very sensitive. That's why I'm using some of my life. You know, I'm not really this way. You know, you know this. But I think the Lord is trying to drive in a point to someone today. This man said, I know their plan. The plan, you see, he's reasoning from the spirit of a man without the inspiration of the Almighty. You see the difference now? His calculation is based on human possibilities. And he's he's using his multitude of years and experience as a king to say, "Mm, this is the plan. I, I understand the, you know, the diplomacy. I understand the, 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 the warfare strategies. I understand the military strategies of these guys. This is what they should be up to. But the Bible said in verse 13, and one of his servants angered, answered and said, please, let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. Look, verse 13, look. They may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed I say, they may become like all the mortal of Israel, left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. The Bible says, and they went after them to the Jordan, and indeed, the Bible says, and they went after them, in verse 15, to Jordan, and, the, and indeed, all the road was full of garments and weapons, which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king, then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a seer of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. According to the word, not according to the calculation of the king. According to what? According to what? It's always good to be very spiritual. There's anything at all the devil is trying to bring to pollute your spirit, man. To pollute the anointing in your life is because he wants to barrier some information to come, to come across. And you don't know the time. The Bible says God makes all things beautiful in his time. What if it's actually in God's time that you suddenly went into spiritual apathy? What happens? That information will come and pass. And then he still said, Lord, why me? And he said, but when that information was coming, where were you? Praise the Lord. If we go to, and, and you see, the servants here, God bless this servant of the king. So this servant has some level of faith. This servant here. It's always good to surround ourselves with people who can always, who would always encourage us to follow the things of the Lord. Who would always, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, um, sponsor some level of um, strength and courage in our in our understanding, so that we will be able to do exactly what God. 
even when, when God told Gideon in chapter 6, chapter 7 of Judges, when God told Gideon, I have arise, go down to the camp of, of the Midian, Midianites. I have delivered them into, the, into your hands. He said to him, verse 9, in that chapter 7, verse 9 says, but if you are afraid, God said, go with your servant Pura and into the camp and then you will hear and afterwards you will hear something and afterwards you'll be strengthened and when he arose went with his servant pura and then he began to hear a dream that one of the army guys were is telling the colleague and the companion interpreted it then he was strengthened it's because god would always you know want you to surround yourself around people who would be there to say yes this is god let's go do it not, um, but um, according to the UK policy, do you think, have you considered, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. If we go to Luke chapter 15, I think our time is running quick and fast. If we go to Luke 15, again you will see that this young man, Luke chapter 15, Luke 15, if we look at Luke 15, if we look at from verse 11, we're not going to read everything, but if you look at, um, sorry, from chapter, Luke chapter 15, but from verse 17, sorry, from verse 17, yes, from verse 17, then you see, the Bible says, of course, it's the prodigal son. We know he took the uh, father's livelihood, went and wasted it somewhere and all that. And then the Bible says, when he was still there, in verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's higher servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. He said, I will arise. Say, say to yourself, I will arise. I will arise. And pursue that dream that God has put in my heart. I will arise. Amen. He said, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. No longer worthy. And then verse 20, and he arose. Verse 18, I will arise. Verse 20, and he arose. Verse 18, I will arise. Verse 20, what happened? He arose. Promptness. This came out of meditation. Promptness. Promptness. I will arise. And then he arose. You know, when you have a healing service, you find out what happens to the people who come trusting God for healing. The difference in most cases from my observation is always response to God's word. Response to what God is saying from the minister. Response. You see two individuals. This one is blind, this one is blind, this one, this other one is sick, this one is in wheelchair, the other one. One came out of wheelchair. What happened to the one that didn't come out? Response to God's words. Simple. Because you see. 
when God wants to do something, there's always an aspect he wants you to partake in. There's always. When Jesus saw a man whose hand was withered, he didn't hold him and brought, he says, stretch forth. He, he would always give you something to do, to respond to the word. He says, stretch forth. What Dr. Ephraim read last Sunday in power tower. Please attend power tower. Now, Jesus said to that man, take up your bed and what? Go home. Is that correct, sir? Did the man do that? Did Jesus take the bed for him? No. The thing is, respond to the word. That is the thing. Respond to God's word. Response to the word of God will always make a difference. Don't say, will it happen? Will it not happen? Bonke told Bonke, a blessed memory, God bless him. We were all in NEC Center with Bonke. That was 2013 or 12? 12 or 13-ish, if you can remember. When Bonke came to NEC. He told a story. He said he, whenever he has a crusade, he would always carry one man of God who can always pray for the sick and miracles will happen. He said because he didn't have faith to pray for people to be healed. But he said that particular day, they, they arranged a crusade, of course, banners are everywhere and the man just called, sorry, I'm not able to come. That is a development. He said, no, you can't do this. You know the sick is coming. You cannot do this. The man said, oh, I, I'm not a... In fact, Bonke said he tried everything. He said, okay, can you send someone with the same ability so that he can pray for the sick? I'll preach, then he'll pray for the sick. He said, we'll always preach and the man will pray for the sick. And then the man said, sorry, I, I can't find anybody. Just go. God can do it through you. He said, ah, brother, just come, come. He said, no. In the end, he said he couldn't, he couldn't make it. But again, he said he was in that crusade ground. And he said... He said, and that this woman who was there in the wheelchair, and he preached and preached, and of course he preached, he said, God led him to preach about how God can heal the sick. <laughs> I love the Holy Ghost. You know, he said, that he finished preaching, and then, he said, he kept hearing. He said, it was very clear, go to that woman, go down the stairs, go to that woman, lay hands on the sick, on her, and she will run off from that wheelchair. And Bonke said, uh, are you speaking to me or what is going on? <laughs> and, and, and he said it became so strong. He said he just prayed the prayer of that man in the Bible. Lord, help my unbelief here. And he started going down. He said when he got down, he held the woman. He said, Jesus Christ makes you whole. He said, the man beside the woman began to look at him. He said, even that sight alone. He knew that there would have been something more serious than I thought about this woman. He said, now Jesus Christ makes you whole. And he held that woman. And that woman stood up and ran off. And Bonke said he was much more surprised than everyone in the, in the hall. <laughs> he said, they thought he, he, he said he was much more surprised. And then that woman ran off. And he said, he now returned back to the altar. And said, I, I tell you that Jesus Christ can make you whole. I tell you. And then he said, miracles upon miracles. And then he said, later, when the man came to the altar with the, wi with the wife to give the testimony, now he now understood that from medical reports that have happened over the years, it was practically impossible for that woman to stand from that wheelchair. In fact, any attempt... 
to make that woman stand was violating the medical you know reports and whatever that was around her and then he could be liable it was that serious and from that day that response to the voice of the spirit broke the limitation of not being able to preach and 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 pray for the sick in the crusade from that day the bunker bunker that you and i know who preached in africa and the healing will happen like water like rain that was what broke the siege hallelujah 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 someone can increase in grace say to yourself in the name of jesus i increase in the grace of god that is upon my life in the name of jesus i will respond to the promptings of the spirit amen the bible said as this grace abounds upon you in speech in knowledge in faith and in love it said let this also let this grace also abound in you second corinthians chapter 8 and verse 7 let this grace also abound in you so there are some graces that are lacking it can abound through the prompting of the spirit amen amen this guy he said i will arise and then in verse 20 he arose let's go to i'm not sure we're going to finish what i have here today because of time but let's go to matthew let's go to matthew chapter 2 i hope that's the next scripture i have here let's go to matthew chapter 2 let's go to matthew chapter 2 the bible says in matthew chapter 2 about joseph i was asking the lord this morning when i was preparing the message i was asking the lord is there something with joseph's and dreams i want to understand is there is there something is there a correlation between joseph's and dreams and how you speak then i had to go check joseph of arimathea and say okay that's a difference okay it's not okay okay right praise the lord now the bible says in matthew chapter 2 the scripture says in verse 13 now when they had departed that is the the wise men you know when when i was in primary school they told us it's three wise men but the bible never said it's three it's when i studied my bible i said it's wise men it didn't say three <laughs> praise the lord all my teachers they said to me is they said to us it's three wise men because they gave three gifts the bible didn't say it's three wise men they say it's wise men from the east that's what the bible says praise the lord now the scripture says of course they were warned by the lord not to return to herod and they departed you know through another way now verse 13 the bible says and when they had departed behold an angel of the lord appeared to joseph in a dream saying arise take the young child and his mother flee to egypt and stay there until i bring you word for herod will seek the young child to destroy him when he arose he took the young child and his mother by night and departed from for egypt say to yourself promptness to god's instruction promptness to god's instruction immediately he didn't wait for morning the same night he responded the same night he responded and then verse 19 
if we go to verse 19, please. Verse 19. The Bible says, Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream again to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Verse 21 said, Then, Verse 21, please. The Bible says in verse 21, Then he arose, took the child, the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. Then verse 22, And when he heard that Achelaus was reigning over Judea, Judea, instead of his father, instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. I want you to understand something. Note how God speaks to you. For Joseph, he knew that I get the instruction from the dream. He knew, clearly. Clearly. So know how God speaks to you. Some pick information as we're in church like this. Some pick it as they're driving home. Some pick it as they're in the bathroom, some pick it as they're sleeping, some pick it in a trance, some pick it as they're praying, as they're praying, some pick it in worship, some, just know how you pick that information. You've got to train your spirit. You've trained your mind enough. That's why you're very valuable in your organization. Train your spirit to be valuable in the realm of the spirit. So you can pick information. That's what makes the difference. If not, the head of Elisha would have been off his head that day if he didn't pick information that the king had sent someone to take out his head. And he wouldn't have read, read anything again about Elisha. Joseph knew that God speaks to him through dream. And don't forget, the Bible said Joseph was what? A devout and what? An upright man. So he was not contaminated. He was not what? contaminated. He was not what? Contaminated. He was a devout and upright man. The Bible says one that is killed evil. So, Joseph had a good relationship with the Lord and then, so you can see all through the scripture, anytime there's a departure from the Lord, the devil would always have a free you know, morning free, afternoon free. That was why when, when, the, when the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, his servant could say, mm, king, there's a woman in a place called Engedi. Let's go there. He will tell us something. And that was the day his reign as a king ended. Because when Samuel showed up, when they conjured and called Samuel out, Samuel said, is it that there's no God in Israel that he came here? He said, by this time tomorrow, he said, you and your son Jonathan. You see, when we are doing something, we need to be very careful. Because your promptness to the word of God would even transcend to generations born and unborn. Born and unborn. I'm telling you, this is what happens. Born and unborn. It transcends through generation. So it's transgenerational. Any promptness, any response to God's word is transgenerational. Brethren, I must tell you. Because Jonathan, in my reading, didn't do anything. But Samuel said to Saul, you, by this time tomorrow, you and your son Jonathan will be with me here. And when David heard about how Saul died, he said, 
He said, do not tell it in Askelon. Don't tell it. Don't, don't brandish this thing anywhere. How could he have died as though he is not anointed? In other words, when you are anointed, you can pick information and nothing can happen without you knowing it. See, how could Saul die as though? He said, as though, as though he was not anointed by the Holy Spirit. David said, tell it not. This, can, this cannot be. This cannot be said anywhere. Tell it not and ask the Lord. He said, do not converse this. Do not proclaim this across the land. How could he have died as though he didn't test the oil of the Holy I feel God's spirit right now. How could he have died as though he was not anointed? How? 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 He said, how? How could he have died? As though he was not anointed. How could how David say, How is it possible? Because David has tested of the spirit of the Lord. He knows of the power and the ability of the spirit. Said, how could Saul have died? As though he was not anointed. I think we end this message here. Can we just rise to our feet and just and just pray and just ask the Lord something? Because I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I, I don't know what it is you want to ask the Lord.